The first step in getting closer to God is to realize that you need to or that you want to. And the second step in getting closer to God is to realize that it's possible. I want to encourage you to check out my book, Getting Closer to God, Anthologies from the Forefront Trilogy, Book 2. I think this will really be helpful to you in your pursuit of the Lord and help you understand what I learned over the first 30 plus years of my life as a believer, as a minister, and as a missionary in uh, a lot of the countries of the earth. Check it out. Anthologies from the Forefront, Book 2, Getting Closer to God. It's on Amazon. Welcome to Foundational Missions Leadership Moment. Join your host, Scott McClelland of FX Missions, as he deep dives into the lives of leaders to glean secrets that will propel today's leaders to new heights. Here's Scott. Hi, Scott McClelland here with your FX Missions Leadership Moment. Thanks for joining us. Uh, It's good, so good today to be with a friend of a friend. I've recently came to find out that uh, my good friend, Kerry Olson, on a recent podcast with me, recommended from a leadership standpoint to talk to Dave Buring. Dave, hello. Hey, it's good to be with you today. Very good to be with you. And I appreciate you taking some time here. We are excited to dig into some content here. We're on our Profiles in Leadership series, if you will. And so we're going to profile a couple of leaders. Very exciting. But before we jump into that content, I wanted to mention your new podcast and get you to tell us a little bit about it. Wisdom Unlocked, The Ways of God, I believe is the name of that podcast. What can you tell us about that, Dave? Yes, thanks so much, Scott. It's been something we've been working on for a while and decided here in March to send it off. But it's a really drives folks to a place of reflecting on what we call the ways of God. And in scripture, that phrase is used a lot. And I like to define the ways of God as as how God does something. So for example, if you want to be great in the kingdom, we've got to be servants. If you want to Mm -hmm. walk in wisdom, you need to walk in the fear of the Lord. If you want grace to abound in your life, we've got to walk in humility. And so it's kind of getting behind some of the things that we're familiar with and understand God's ways behind it, how he does things. So like the latest one that just came out yesterday is on uh, hearing the voice of God. And so it's one of the subjects I'm sure you run into that too, where people are, how do you hear from God? And I feel like a kindergartner at 60 years (laughs) of age on that still, but happy to pass on the things that I've learned. So it's very practical things like that. Excellent. Excellent. How can folks find your podcast? Yeah, if they go to um, Apple, it's on uh, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play. And again, it's just called Wisdom Unlocked, The Ways of God. Okay, very good. Well, we'll we'll backlink to that here in this episode as well. So folks can get to it easily. And we appreciate you being on. We're, we're going to profile a couple of different people in these next two episodes or three. But first of all, I think we're going to talk about a mentor of yours who you've spent a good bit of time working with. Yes. So when I was 16 years of age, my dad was invited by Lauren Cunningham, who is the founder of Youth with a Mission, which is now the largest missions organization in the world. And he was invited by Lauren to be one of about 50 to 60 people to spend a month in Kona, Hawaii. Now, how is that not the will of God, right? And to spend a a month there where Lauren wanted to develop leaders. 
And so while dad was there, I was a junior in high school and my mom and my brother Tom and I flew over for 10 days. And it was there that I met Lauren and I remember him challenging me. I could tell you right where I was coming to the end of my junior year in high school. And he looked at me and he said, hey, Dave, I just want to challenge you before you go jumping into whatever it is you think you're supposed to be doing come and do a discipleship training school, which is actually where I met Carrie Olson. Mm. And so Lauren challenged me with that as a 16-year-old. And I remember going back and beginning to think about that. And I had been accepted at the University of Minnesota, where I had grown up most of my life in journalism, television, broadcasting, that kind of thing. And so I had these two choices when I was accepted to the DTS my mom and dad did a lot of praying, but they didn't tip their hand and they let me choose. And I ended up going to Youth of the Mission and spending seven years there. And uh, so that's kind of how that story began. Wow. Those crucial times in life where you have things coming at you, you know? Yes. And a variety of options. I think that was a fork road there. Very much so. You know, when I went, Scott, I honestly thought I was going to the DTS, had delayed my acceptance at the University of Minnesota for a year. And as I said, I ended up there for, for seven years because not only was it the training, but then the opportunities that I had afterwards to continue to learn, to continue to grow, to continue to flex those 18 to 25-year-old muscles. And Lauren mm. played a, a significant role in that along the way. Wow. You know, I heard something uh, some time ago that maybe you can confirm or disaffirm this, but as I understood it, Lauren holds a Guinness World Record. Uh, what I heard it as, at least, is that he's the he's the man who's traveled to the most countries in his life. Is that something that you've heard about or know about? Yes. Now I don't know. I, I haven't seen it in the the book there of world records, but I can tell you that we hosted a. Fathers of the Faith Gathering. If you go to our website, lionshare.org, we have resources there about this. But in 2008, at the Billy Graham Training Center, so get a load of this, Scott, the Lord gave us the mm. favor to bring together Jack Hayford, kind of pastor to pastors, Lloyd Ogilvie, one mm. of the great communicators of, of his day, Henry Blackaby, uh, a man named wow. Winky Prattney, who's kind of the world's you know oldest teenager running around speaking all over the place. Dr. John Perkins, a key in racial reconciliation, and Lauren. And for three days and two nights, we hosted the six of them together and we recorded wow. their conversations. It was a, It's an absolutely amazing thing. Well, Lauren had just come from, I don't remember if it was Antarctica or where it was, but it was his last one. And so I do know <laughs> that from what I have understood, he's one of literally, uh, I don't know if it's half a hand or a whole hand, but that's the size of the people that have been to every single nation in the world. And he is a, a unique part of that club. My word. That is beyond what I knew about it. So that is fascinating. Yes. Yeah. His founding of Youth with a Mission, I did read, I think, what might have been one of his first books that spoke about the founding. I think it, is it you, God, or is that, is you, that God? really you, God? Uh -huh. mm -hmm. I read that book and was very inspired by the, you know, the founding and how he went through that process, even his humility and some of those early rounds of opposition from yes. what should have been friends. You know, I guess yes. they turned out to be friends because they helped 
them dig a foundation of humility that wouldn't need to be torn down later. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so no, that's exactly very, right. Very, very cool telling anyone who hasn't read that book, Is That Really You, God? That's talks about the founding of YWAM. Let's dig in a little bit here to Lauren. You've obviously had access, very close access, and it sounds like perhaps mentorship or uh, some direct discipleship from Lauren. Can you mm-hmm. tell us a few things about, you know, what do you observe in him that's been motivating to you? challenging. Perhaps it sounds like he started your relationship out with a challenge. So (laughs) unpack a little bit for us if you can. Just some of those early observations and what you appreciated early on and then what you've come to appreciate possibly over time as well. Sure. That's a great question. So remember I I said I, I jumped to Kona when I was 18, right after high mm-hmm. school, and so very impressionable. And Lauren was was uh, the leader at the base there in Kona. He's the founder of the mission, which is in 180 some nations around the world. But that was his location where he, him and his wife Darlene and their family lived. And more the day to day, week by week kind of interaction with him, and mm-hmm. admired from a close distance without getting into the part yet where he really began to be more deliberative speaking in my life, but just begin to admire the sincerity of his walk with Jesus. It was genuine. Having a Mm. quiet time was never a got to. It was always a get to. Seeking the Lord in prayer was a delight. Worshiping God, all part of of his life, the love for the word, the walking. You know, I I think he was the first man that I would say, it's a value that I have, Scott, uh, that I could say was a man of both the word and the spirit. You know, he really Mm. valued the word of God, but he also knew how to follow the lead of the Holy Spirit. And I think that's a rare breed today. I think oftentimes we end up with people who, you know, very much know the word, but maybe aren't as attuned to following the daily nudges of the spirit. And then we've got others that are following the nudges of the spirit, but they're not grounded in the word. And so Lauren began to frame some of those things just by me watching him. Cause I, I begin to desire, I want to be a man that really loves and knows and applies the word, but I also want to be a guy like those men and women in the book of Acts that knew how to follow the lead of the Holy Spirit in the midst of daily life. That was something that made an impact on me. I'd say early on, another thing that, you know, like we were talking about a little bit ago, Kerry Olson and much of his travel, I'm that way as well. Lots of travel in my year, I think because Lauren imparted to us a vision of both the nations and the breadth of the Great Commission, it just got into, I'm sure Carrie would say the same, into our DNA as people. Mm. And where it's, uh, I do look locally, and I do look regionally, and I do look cross-culturally, but I also just look at the nations. And, and it's just part of my thinking. And as I've thought back, I've recognized that's where that got imparted to me as an 18 to 25 year old. And it was the walking alongside Lauren that it just, it's a normal part of my thinking. So that was something early on. And then kind of one of the great turns for me was when I was 20 years old, his assistant's name is Peter Jordan. Peter just recently went to heaven and and Peter walked with Mm. Lauren for a long time. And he came to me and he said, Dave, would you pray about something? And I said, okay. And he said, would you pray about doing a little travel with Lauren? 
And he said he speaks, for example, like at one trip that was coming up, which is what I ended up going on was Christ of the Nations in Dallas and speaking there. And, right. and you know, this is the day, Scott, as you would remember too, probably of the brochure, you know? And so it was, <laughs> right. it was when he was done speaking, if you want to know more about YWAM and what we're doing, come and see Dave over here. And so I had you know, the tool belt on, so to speak, with all the brochures. And, right. and then, you know, we flew to Los Angeles and we're on a, a Christian television show and then flew to Washington, D.C. for that year in April of 1980, um, Washington for Jesus. And, mm-hmm. and so Peter just said, would you pray about? And, you know, if I'm really honest, Scott, it didn't take long to wait on the Lord to get a yes, you know, and, uh, <laughs> right. and had the opportunity to travel with him and learn from him and just see how he handled various situations that he found himself in. And the the wonderful thing was the consistency of what I had observed right there where we all lived in Kona was was true across the board, whether he was with heavy hitter leaders, whether he was serving, you know, an organization, whether he was speaking, just the consistency there of what godly character looks like. That was another piece that marked me. That is a privilege, it sounds to me, that yes. you would have yes. a chance to travel like that, especially early on as a 20-year-old young man, just the world that opened up to you in yes. those kinds of initial times. I know for me, I can remember times similar. It was such an open and new world that I was oversensitized at times, trying, of course, to catch everything that I could, but at the same time, you know, being somewhat overwhelmed. What a joy. What a privilege. Yes, absolutely. Wow. That's striking. I wonder if you can remember anything that was talked about. <laughs> yes. I, you know, actually, there were a number of different things because we would have, you know, times on the plane. We'd have times in between. You know, of course, I was there to serve him. So it was, you know, being sensitive when he needed to lay low and, you know, consider other things. Like one of the things in particular, Scott, is what we do with Lion Share is focus a lot on making disciple makers. Mm. And, and the genesis of that actually happened on that trip wow. that I was just telling you about. And, and flying from L.A. to D.C., if I remember correctly, he turned and looked at me and he said, Dave, what do you think your gifts are? You know, and again, at 20, who really <laughs> knows? You know, you, you kinda, you're you just kind of getting a feel of of who you are and what you got. And. And so I, you know, I shared my heart the best that I could. And he had seen in me two things. He said, there's a leadership thing in you and there's a public communication, preaching, teaching kind of gift. And, and then this is what he said to me. And this is what marked me. He said, Dave, it doesn't matter how many people are in the organizations that you lead in the days ahead. And it doesn't matter the audience that you're preaching to, the size of it, the way that God will measure the fruitfulness of your life is have you invested to the third and fourth generation? And then he quoted to me 2 Timothy 2.2, where it talks about Paul, first generation, to Timothy, second generation, to faithful ones, third generation, to others, fourth. And he said, Dave, the way that God's going to measure your fruitfulness is have you passed the ways of God on generationally like that? And he said, I'm not talking about 40-year generations. I'm talking about you know, Carrie investing in Scott and Scott investing in Dave and Dave investing in Darren, there's your four generations. Right. And so that, that has marked me since I was 20 years old. So mm. for four decades now, I've carried that. And, 
it's a it's part of the framework and the language of what we do with lion share where oftentimes we'll say are you discipling four mm. generations deep so that was a huge imparting on that trip Thank you for joining Scott with today's Leadership Moment. We hope you've apprehended an inspirational nugget or two that, when activated in your own life, will be imparted into those you lead. You may contact Scott at scott at fxmissions.com. Visit fxmissions.com to learn more about how you can grow your own leadership and engage in missions. Until next time, good day, everyone.